Hi bisexuals, I am back. I'm gonna do a mini episode again. I found it quite nice actually the last time I did one and I'm like halfway through making a new episode at the moment and I'm not sure when it will come out. Um, I'm also on strike at the moment from my real life job at the university so I am not doing anything today. Um, it's the first time I've ever been on strike. It's like the first time in several years since my union has been on strike. And I just wanted to say like if you're a student at a university in the UK, like Google, find out if your institution is currently involved in strike action. Today is the last day of the strikes, but things are fucked up. Um, it is kind of boring to get into too much detail, but basically the value of our pay has fallen by 20% in like the last 10 years against inflation and that's while university fees have gone up massively. Um, workload is pretty insane. Uh, in my old team at the university, two people left in the space of a year and were not replaced. People in my team were literally doing 100 hours of overtime that you didn't get paid for. Um, you just got time off back. Um, being in that team had a crazy effect on my mental health. I literally like wrote multiple emails to a team leader being like, I am dying, <laughs> like we have too much work, we need more support, these people haven't been replaced and genuinely nothing happened. Um, and they've just done like a change to the pensions thing that means that my pension will be cut by 45%. Uh, it's actually like unbearable to think about. Like trying to think about retiring when you're like 27 is very strange. Like it said, like I did the calculator thing for the pension and it was like, you can retire in 2061. <laughs> I was like, oh God. And yeah, so the proposal that they've put through now means that my pension will be like seven grand a year, which is obviously not enough to live on. And the whole reason they're cutting it is because they're using maths from like March, 2020 when everything was fucked by the pandemic. So yeah, things are bad at the universities. Like I'm not a lecturer or teaching assistant or anything, but obviously there's lots of problems with casual contracts, zero hour contracts, part-time people not getting paid properly. Um, one of Olivia's friends has worked at the uni for 12 years before they were actually recognized as like an actual lecturer. They've been teaching modules and everything. Um, but yeah, if you're a student, email your vice chancellor, tell them that you support the strikes. Um, if you have lecturers that are on strike, you can email them and tell them that you support them. Uh, anyway, I made a sign I'm going to post on my Instagram later. Uh, and I went to the picket yesterday, which was very weird for me because it's the first time I've been around a crowd of people for a very long time. Um, and I have literally forgotten how to talk to people. Um, but yeah, today I'm just going to talk about TV shows I've been watching. I'm going to do a tarot. Um, I have finished in like three days a show that's on Now TV. It's on HBO Max. It's called Sort Of. Um, it's set in Toronto. It's about a non-binary nanny and their relationship with this family and it's just great. We've got slutty older sister, we've got butch best friend, hot trans women, we've got the drama, we've got the comedy. I really liked it and it's only 20 minute episodes which I truly love in a show. So that was my like daytime show of this week. I've also watched two episodes of season two of L Word Generation Q with Olivia. 
we finally got around to it and honestly it is insane the pacing is so crazy this season and then decimating alice's character is actually horrendous she's one of my faves i mean of course when i first watched that word when i was 18 i was like i obviously love this chatty bisexual character <laughs> who has a podcast <laughs> yep we love alice over here um so yeah i'd really recommend that and I've watched one episode of Love is Blind season two, but honestly, one of the men on there like just got me so pissed off. You know when you're like in the shower and you're angrily like going through an argument in your head? I was like angrily going through one of the couple's arguments in my head because it just pissed me off so much. So yeah, I don't know when I'll be able to get back into that. Um, but yeah, let's rock. Let's do a tarot. Um, I'm feeling medium today. It's like a really rainy day. I had therapy earlier, which I didn't think I was gonna have, and then my therapist just sent me the link and I was like, okay girl, let's go. Um, and yeah, let's see. I feel like I'm gonna do yours first this time. This one is coming. Let's see what it is. It's the Nine of Cups. Hmm. Definitely used to get this one a lot, I wonder. <gasps> okay, this one's beautiful. Lavish comfort, joy, and emotional fulfillment. Well, good for you guys. Sorry, God, that sounds so bitter. Rude. Um, let's see what Cassandra's saying. So this is Crowing the Tarot by Cassandra Snow. I always use it. Okay, the nine and ten of cups are combined. Okay, the nines are about completion and tens are about transformation. They both bring us happy, joyful conclusions regarding love lives, families, and friendships. They're both excellent signs of substantial emotional healing. Those of us who are creative will see a lot of artistic successes with either of these cards. The differences are subtle, but they are important. The nine completes our quest to find contentment, joy, or healing. Often called the wish card, this card promises that whatever our watery heart desire, they can have right now. The nine is about what's in our life at the end of these journeys, but the ten is about who we are going, wait, who we are after going through the rest of the cups cards. She's saying she sees these cards as innately queer, and the ten often features a rainbow. These cards are about following your heart until you reach a place of fulfillment and love. What is more queer than that? The nine says we can endure countless five of cups in our lives. I mean, that must be a bad card. Um, and learn to connect when we enter a four of cups phase and cut through the crap in the seven of cups and we will be led there by the wish card. Mm. This card promises us that our needs are not too much and that who we are is enough to be loved and supported. This card promises emotional healing no matter what you've been through. It's a card of completion and something I found really comforting from a healing perspective over the years is that the cycle of emotion, emotional healing does complete. I won't be emotionally digging deep and overcoming myself for my entire life. Wow. Guys, I know this one is for you but like I'm going to take this one for myself as well. We can share both of the cards because I've been working in therapy, obviously, Ugh, and it is exhausting. And sometimes I'm like, why am I the person that has to do all of this? Especially when, you know, all those things about, I have to go to therapy because of the people who in my life who won't. Um, yeah, it's a lot, but it's really nice to get a reminder that that ends sometimes in a positive way. And I do feel like I've made a lot of progress in my therapy recently. Okay, there's more to read on that one, but I feel like that was a very beautiful card, a lot of lovely energy. I'm actually like kind of enjoying Pisces season this year. I know I always slander the Pisces, but we had the poetry book club on Monday night and it was actually so nice to like hear people reading out poems and just being on the cute little zoo and talking about these poems. Uh, beautiful. And I literally cried. I'm in this like mindfulness course at work and the woman read a poem 
like two weeks ago and I literally just started crying and like what the hell it was this poem about like every emotion that comes into your house you have to like welcome it as a guest it's like damn I mean considering I have so much Scorpio in my chart I feel like I should be more comfortable with emotions but I'm trying my best um okay let's see what the second card is let's just share both of these guys I'm like glomming on is that a phrase i'm just trying to like get some of your good vibes from that card that's such a nice one i i remember getting that in like 2019 i'm feeling positive about it okay i'm gonna pick this card that has like scratch on it oh this is another cups card the six of cup i mean the cups are all about very watery energy very pisces energy like creativity emotion let's see what this one's saying okay the Six of Cups is nostalgia, youth, and good intention. Let's find it in here. I'm not going to edit this episode, so sorry you're going to be hearing me clicking and clacking. Okay, this is another combined one. Let's see. Okay. The Six of Cups is a card of nostalgia that can help or hinder us. Childhood memories often resurface, which means the sadness of the five can leave us looking back for answers. How can we let this happen? Where did it all go wrong? We can get stuck in the Six, craving reunion. Or giving into very bad ideas like meeting up with exes or we can progress into a seven this is a card where we're overwhelmed and bombarded with choices okay and the cups tend to drive us to live in states of illusion and indulge in fantasy okay this card is a waiting game our heart may not know what's real and what's not and if we let ourselves live in the nostalgia and craving of the past that marks the six it will create options it shouldn't okay our our intuition knows what's real though and so does their logical mind. Our friends, families, and deity. Or is it deity? They all know what's real too. Okay, okay. It's talking a bit about unhealthy relations. Okay. Queer people might cling to unhealthy things or people more than the rest of the population. If it's romantic relationships we're looking at, the scarcity mindset is real. We're arguably, arguably less than 5% of the population, and depending on what gender you are, and what gender or genders you're looking for it's likely to be an even smaller percentage so yes yeah, sometimes we hold tightly to relationships that are unhealthy or even totally over terrified that we're destined to die alone and if it's an unhealthy employment situation please consider how often queer people live in poverty okay before advising someone to cut a job and move on okay it's not always easy or possible for marginalized people to do so damn okay i mean i'm not really feeling very many nostalgia feelings lately but i'm very excited because my sister's going to be visiting in leeds next week and i haven't seen her since like march 2020 before the pandemic so that will be very beautiful and amazing i hope i'm really excited to see her i might pick one more honestly because i feel those two connect and make sense together um if i mean it sounds like they should kind of go the other way around but sometimes okay the page of swords okay i don't think i've got this one before or maybe not for a long time let's see Ooh. okay page of swords is mental agility clever and chatty okay okay the page of swords normally stands proudly but hesitantly holding a sword while looking either towards or away from the action of the rest of the card as a person the page is normally young or new on their path pages are messengers and the swords are our card of logic mental health and recovering of trauma writers frequently get sword court cards as do doctors mathematicians and scientists wow the brainy the page of swords as an energy delivers new insight or clarity regarding tense circumstances and illuminates new ways of healing or coping and brings a new type of thought and energy the sword cards are action orientated 
once there's a plan. The page is ready to wield that sword as long as they know what they're doing. As advice, you'll likely be called to contribute fresh thought or critical planning to a situation. Perhaps you've you're being told that you already have a plan and it's time to take charge and act. As an event, you're likely entering a period of new ideas or insights into your own life, or this is a period where you're learning a lot of new information. The Page of Swords is critically honest and forever curious about the why of any given situation. All of the sword court cards represent a time to cut away negative habits, relationships, or situations. The page is a good bit kinder than the rest of these court cards, so if that's the message that comes through in a reading, it's likely a mutual decision, a habit that's died off already, or something you can gently wean yourself off of. Wow, I don't think I've ever had that card before. And I feel like that's telling us that the Six of Cups is telling us to let go of unhealthy nostalgia, and then we can get towards the Nine of Cups and have all that beautiful fulfillment. Hmm. Okay, beautiful. I feel like that was an interesting reading and I'm glad I got a card I haven't got for a while because I don't know if it's just my bad shuffling, but ooh, I definitely feel that, um, sorry, I just chucked a card up myself. It was the fool. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I'm just bad at shuffling, but I definitely pick up the same cards quite a lot. I mean, these cards, they're all pink, but they're different shades of pink and I think I always go for the darker pink ones. So I think it's um, a mixture of things. That means I always get the same cards. Hmm. Okay. Well, I hope you guys are good. Um, send me a message if you have any ideas for future episode themes. Um, the next episode that will be going out is about queer books with Susie, who runs the Queer Book Club. And the next book club is at the end of March, um, and it will be in person. So I'll like link the information about the book club if you're in Leeds. Uh, and yeah, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I would encourage you to join a union if you're a working person and you're not in one already. Honestly, I didn't even like understand what they could do for a long time and like employers don't really exactly encourage you to sign up for them or anything. Um, but yeah, it was actually really nice to like see all the people on strike and see that there's like hundreds of people on campus and yeah, I think honestly like, I don't know. I'm not going to go on a massive rant about like labour exploitation, but I will make my post and I'll, um, I don't know. I feel like I don't know enough to make a whole post about why everyone's on strike at the moment, but I thought it'd be good to like mention it here. Because when I was at uni and I was a student, um, I just kind of like, I don't know, when people were on strike, like lectures and stuff, you're like, okay, well, we're just like missing that chunk. Um, and that often felt quite frustrating, especially when I was, like, paying so much money and fees for, like, my History of Art course, where I only had, like, eight hours of contact time, like, especially in my final year. Um, and then one of our lecturers, like, who I really liked and was really good, he kind of, like, <laughs> gave this, like, very sad, like, deflated talk to us about how he had to go on strike, and, like, he was really sorry about it and knew that it was going to affect all the students, and, like, I think when, I don't know, it gave me a good human insight into it and it made me think about it differently from the perspective of being a student. And honestly, like, the money you're paying in fees does not, like, the majority of that is not paying staff at all. Because I know sometimes when you add it all up, you're like, what the hell, like, my lectures are so, like, if you basically break up your fees into the amount of contact hours you have, it's like, is my lecture, like, £400 each? But... In reality, like, most of the people that are teaching you are getting paid pretty poorly. And, like, for my whole degree, like, seminars were the most important thing. They're the most helpful thing. And I didn't even realise that those people were, like, PhD students on zero-hour contracts getting paid, like, 
10 pounds an hour or something, you know? Um, anyway, damn. Okay, I'm coming back because I just remembered all the things I was gonna actually say in this episode. Um, one, I just watched Victoria Monet's new, like, YouTube video song about her fucking baby and it's so cute. If you love babies, you should definitely watch that. Also, the thing that made me come here to record this episode was I was thinking, Robin isn't gay, right? Robin is straight. Why is Robin, like, universally, like, the queer bop person? Like, all Robin songs just seem gay. Has anyone ever done, like, some kind of analysis to find out why they just seem so gay? I think it's because she's always, even though her songs are about men, a lot of the time they're very focused on the other woman. It's like, why are you so obsessed with that, Robin? Is it in a gay way? <laughs> anyway, and that was just because, um, there's like a Robin song in the wedding scene of the L word, and I was like, Robin isn't even queer, but like, Robin is queer culture. If anyone has any thoughts on this, let me know. And honestly, if Robin like is queer and I've just missed this, I've definitely Googled it before and like haven't found any evidence. Um, and yeah, I watched and just like that and I actually really enjoyed it. Towards the end, like episode three or four, I think I kind of accepted it for what it was doing. Um, and it was just fun to have the characters back, you know? I mean, we miss Samantha, it's not the same. She is the best character, but it's kind of insane how much I don't know. I guess the characters have changed a lot, which could be seen as bad writing and they're not being true to the characters, but it's also kind of cool. And Carrie is way less annoying. But I did a poll asking what sign is Chady as? The universal fuck they. And two people said Sagittarius, which I was so offended by. Um, like, one of them was an astrologer who I respect. Um, or not astrologer, but you know famed for their thoughts on the esoteric um so yeah i feel like they have an authority on this i kind of get it because obviously i also have a podcast sagittarius's love to talk and that makes sense and i guess chdiaz also says a lot of shit talks a lot of shit that's kind of a sad mood um someone else said aries which i was like i can kind of see that because they are quite impulsive they're quite like brash um fiery energy i can see that um yeah and then someone else said scorpio and i just don't see scorpio for um che honestly like everyone thinks that scorpios are these little sex freaks but i really feel that scorpios love monogamy i don't know a single non-monogamous scorpio and they are a fixed sign scorpios and i don't think that lends itself well to like being super slutty in the way that Che is but and I also just think Scorpios are not the kind of people who want to be public figures and like do activism in that way where it's so much about them and being the public face I feel like Scorpios are often very private but yeah honestly some of the Chadia stuff was reminding me of my ex who is evil and we hate them fuck them um but they were also like a community figure and the bit where Che in the bar is like I'm a fucking narcissist I was like it's too real <laughs> and also just some of the like truly horrendous cargo pants like the cropped cargo pants and the snood that was truly triggering for me <sighs> anyway so those are my thoughts from Sex and the City and just like that I keep calling it Sex and the City but yeah, I was kind of disappointed by like how unhinged they made Charlotte and Miranda. 
And then in contrast, Carrie was like so grounded. And I've always thought of Carrie as a Gemini, or a Libra or an Aries. I've never been able to pin it down, but I would not say that any of those signs are grounded. Um, and it was actually strange because I feel like this season really like highlighted how like emotionally detached Carrie is, even though she's such like hysterical person in like the earlier um, seasons. She's often so irrational and like full on, but she's very emotionally detached, even though she's so clingy. So strange. Anyway, I'm excited. I know they're gonna have a season two. They definitely will. Um, and I'm really happy because um, sort of has like been renewed for a season two. So I'm really happy because I'm still thinking about it. I think I might rewatch season one because I really like the characters and it has already like deadpan comedy delivery. Uh, and I got this recommendation from the podcast Like a Virgin with Fran, uh, Fran Torado, such a fun name to say, Fran Torado and Rose Domu. Um, it's like a queer, well, the podcast hosts are queer, the topics are often not, but sometimes they are. But they did a really good episode about Alanis Morissette recently. I would very much recommend that. Maybe I'll link that. I honestly can't, I don't know how bothered I'm going to be about writing a description for this because it is just me flinging my brain out there and not everyone is going to bother to listen to this, which I fully respect. Um, okay, if you have Sex and the City thoughts, if you've seen Sort Of, please message me because I love talking about shows with people. Um, and yeah, if anyone else has star sign thoughts on Che Diaz, I'm really stumped. Honestly, I think it's got to be some kind of curse. Oh God. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it and I feel like I have too many, too many thoughts to really, it's also though, you can't really think, it's hard to think of a star sign. I feel like, um, Hell has said this on You Only Love Once, another podcast recommendation, but if the character isn't fleshed out and well-rounded, it's harder to think of a star sign for them. And I feel that way about Che Diaz because like many other people have said, they kind of read as this like caricature, but then sometimes you genuinely do know someone who's like that and you're like, it's not that much of a like departure from reality. Because honestly, sometimes someone will be like, I'm a narcissist and you're like, hard eyes <laughs> um, in the queer bar. You really are. And sometimes you think you're having a romantic dinner and meeting someone's parents and actually they are gonna serenade you and a whole bar saying they're gonna move to LA and write a pilot. Okay, this is gonna get wedged into the original episode, so back to previous kids. Those are my thoughts for this Wednesday. I hope everyone's having a nice day. I hope it's not as rainy. It's actually been really nice and sunny a few days recently after all the storms. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any TV recommendations as well, please let me know. Me and Olivia have still got season two of Generation Q and Work in Progress to watch. Um, but yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Message me if you have any ideas. Honestly, my creative energy has been waning quite a lot recently. Um, now that we're a year two of panda the pandemic. End of year two. Um, but yeah, maybe me and Emily can do something while she's here. That'd be fun. And I've also been thinking about Encanto so much. I've had the songs in my head a lot and I really want to rewatch it. So I think I'm going to watch that again because it's so wholesome and cute. Okay. Love you guys. Have a nice evening. I'm waving right now because I'm like used to waving goodbye on Zoom meetings. Okay, bye!